Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. I want to bring this pastor on who also happens to be a great gospel singer. And I feel like that's the season that we're in. We need the love flowing through the music. And he brings all of that as well. He used to actually host a talk show with some other pastors. I remember that. Let me welcome to the show community leader, media music producer, Pastor Dr. Eddie Dewey Smith. Hey. Hello. Hey, Karen. How are you? I am great. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me, and I'm really honored to be here, and happy Thanksgiving to you and Lamont, everybody, and uh, oh. I appreciate the opportunity. I, I did this because, you know, Lamont be acting out on these airwaves sometimes, Pastor Smith, <laughs> and I said, let, well, me, me. let me let me bring bring in some solace. All right. Well, you know. Come on. <laughs> it happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. Hey, blame me. All right, so what, what happened to that talk show you had um, – and, and so let me ask you this. I have I have a couple of things. It's Friday, so we're going we're gonna to get a little loose here. And while I have some reverence for the reverend, I also am going to ask the question I want to ask. Um, you had a talk show with, um, what's his name, Bryant, Jamal yeah. Bryant, who ended up being clowned on this, um, this uh, reality show with his ex-wife. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's, so how do you, con- how do you, compose yourself in situations where the other pastors that are doing unpastorally like things, do you, do you say something to them? Well, you know, the show was uh, actually picked up by his Warner brothers and we, uh, it was called the preachers yep. produced by Warner brothers. And we had a, a seat, a summer run that went incredibly well. And uh, Fox actually was going to pick us up for a season, but they had some things that went on. People made some decisions who really don't like all colors. Long story short, so, okay. but that's just some talks about it being renewed, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, I think the thing about it is, you know, we all human and, um, you know, and a lot of people don't you see. You say we so. fall short of the grace of God, I'm going to jump through this zone. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm not, but, but I am acknowledging everybody's humanity. And, mm-hmm. and I do think while we are, human and we're all we're all incredibly human and we're all subject to error and getting situations and dynamics with everybody else especially when the media is involved and when you talk about this reality t-show it's all about rating it's all about ratings and uh, a lot of the stuff that's written may not necessarily be true i don't know because i try to mind my own business but if somebody asks me my opinion uh i certainly will will reach out and share well, I think somebody's in error because I want somebody to do me the same way if I'm in error. So there are conversations I had with people. If I, if I saw something I was knowledgeable, but if I, but if I don't know about it, I, I try, I don't want to put my nose in something that I don't know about, but, but we do have to be accountable. That's true. I, I, do you feel like he messed the money up is the question. Because <laughs> that answer was great, but do you feel like he messed the money up? You know, I don't know. I don't know all the dynamics, you know, because I've heard that some of that was just for the, the whole TV piece was all about the show. So you it was know, a lie. Got, it was a lie. I, that's I, 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 we haven't we haven't discussed this. Okay. I haven't asked. All right. That. All right. We, and I'm not. Let me let me take you away because I yeah. only brought yeah. it up for this reason. Pastor Dewey, yeah. that that uh, song you heard is from your new album. So I just want to you know pay homage to that. God, period, is uh-huh. uh, is your new album. And I reached out to you to bring you on to talk about the music because Friday and I, I like to bring some gospel in. We've had country singers on and, um, you know, and I thought it was nice. But, you know, I just we just had a, a horrible trial, uh, yeah. two of them. 
uh, Rittenhouse, and then they followed it with the McMichaels, where they got found guilty. But during that trial, there was a lot of complaints about pastors being in the in the mm-hmm. in the courthouse, and then a whole bunch of pastors showed up. Uh, and you're in Georgia, you know. Were you one of the pastors out there uh, to to support the Ahmaud Arbery family? Oh. I was not able to show up, but I certainly was in support in many other ways and encouraged people to go and support others who went down there because, you know, uh, people have a bad, sometimes have a, a, a unfortunate look about pastors. But at the end of the day, when you talk about the African-American church and the black church, a lot of the strides we've made in our community, we would have made it. Civil rights movement, then about HBCUs, and I can go on, on, and on. So I just think it still speaks of the relevance of the black church. And I think even more particular. Um, of our need to be more community involved. I think the last 30 years have taken us away from the sense of community and activism and has made us more, this whole prosperity gospel has made people want to bling bling and be quasi celebrities. And so I think what's happening now with the recent governmental pieces and all the injustices that is making us go back to the 50s and 60s because without the black church, black clergy in the 40s, 50s and 60s, there's no telling what we'd be in terms of some of the strides we've made politically and uh, and legally. You are you are the pastor of uh, the whole the House of Hope Church in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. You're also a gospel singer, and I I loved it. I got to interview you and Jamal and the, the two other pastors. It was four of you guys. Yeah. I remembered you because you your your spirit resonated with me. It felt sincere, and I'm, I go on feelings. Um, do you believe that everybody who is a pastor should be a pastor. Cause I feel like just, just because <laughs> you, you just, I feel like this pastor and correct me if I'm wrong. All right. You, you have one baby out, out of wedlock and you're in the pulpit. Maybe you should take a break and then you have two and then three. I'm not talking about Jamal either. I'm talking about some other pastors, right? I'm saying at what point do you tap, just tap out for a minute, get it together you know, you don't have to be in that pulpit every Sunday because for me it feels almost like hypocritical and you're forcing your congregation to reconcile with your 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 personal failings and then their own. And it just, you know, every word out your mouth now, I'm like, really? Like, it, it's a struggle. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's a, the point is well taken. It's a great question. I think what has happened is sometimes pastors focus on the spiritual side but you have a lot of emotionally broken, you know, leaders. And I think that's, that's why I think a lot of the denominations, I wish we start doing it, the importance of doing evaluations, psychological evaluations. Because at the end of the day, in most denominations, if you got a gift of speaking or if you got a degree, you know, some experiences, then I think that qualifies you. But that, that can be major issues that pastors have that go back to their childhood as well. And if those things aren't reconciled, that's really what makes my music come alive, alive you know? Uh, I went through some things the past five years. One week my mother died, the next week my godmother died. Three days after my mother died, my best friend from college died. Three weeks after my mom died, my sister died. It sank me into very, very, very deep and the lowest depression of my life when I really needed and had to just shut some stuff down because I wasn't in the mo- mental or emotional space and I didn't mm-hmm. handle that grief well. And so I think sometimes mental health and getting therapy and having accountability are things that a lot of our clergy have not had. And, and it's, it's a lot of pressure, a lot of temptations, mm. uh, expectations going along with this. And if you don't have a support system, if you're not solid emotionally, not just about what you can do from a, 
from an oratory perspective, but if you're not solid in your own character and emotionally, it's like giving keys to a Corvette to a six to a six year old. You um you mentioned you mentioned the forties, fifties, and sixties with clergy and how their impact on the black community. Um, how does the black church in this day and age, and and, and I don't expect you to speak for the entire black church, but how, how do they fight to stay relevant? Because when I was young, you know, everything was my grandmother and everybody was trying to keep me out of the world and everything <laughs> of the world was bad. Now, everything we're faced with is so worldly. Everything is instant gratification. Everything is, you know, uh, um, it, it's, it's right now when it's my way. I'm not spirit. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I ain't been to church in seven years. Like, how do y'all, how does the black church fight to stay relevant? That's a great, you know, for me, I think we spent so many years trying to draw lines. Mm. And I think now this current generation has to do more in terms of drawing circles. Mm. When you think about, you know, some of our teaching has been very, it's lacked a lot of love and inclusion and things like music. You know, I'm a musician. Mm -hmm. you know, I grew up, you know, in the church, my mother was apostolic. So listen to Michael Jackson or listening to the Prince, you're going to hell. You yeah, know, my, yeah, yeah, my yeah. grandmother was apostolic overcoming, overcoming holiness. And I couldn't play marbles because she said, Jesus said, marvel not. So you had so much of can't do and this whole list of what you can't do. There's like, well, if I'm going to hell, just let me go ahead. Just let me go to hell having fun. Yeah, so yeah, I just yeah. Trying to, trying to get rid of this whole Western concept of, all right, Faith is over here. This is profane. I think you all can do. I think you can listen to Frankie Beverly on your way to church and still be godly and still have a love ethic. And I think what, what we've done, we run our young people away because we had mm -hmm. this list of do's and don'ts of what you can't do rather than integrating realities into, I don't care what you teach or believe. Do you love people? Do you respect the humanity of all people? Do you want to empower people? Mm -hmm. um, do you believe in oppression and and inequalities. So how do we get people to see the humanity in people? I think that's more what we have to do rather than drawing these lines. That's a, a great question and a great response. Um, I had the story I was going to talk about later, but you're here. Uh, so North Korea, where, you know, this uh, horrible regime led by a horrible human being. Uh, so there's a squid game that's based in Korea, right? And it's kind of a uh, an indictment on capitalism and things like that. So that that game that that uh series is banned in North Korea. But a young person brought it in on a thumb drive and distributed it on a USB drive. He has been arrested, jailed, and he is facing death. Seven high school students also received harsh sentences because they watched it. Uh so North Korea, you know, they they've come down. I think this young man was 17. We don't know his name, uh but he's sentenced to death for bringing in a TV show. And I was thinking about that today to, to speak to what you were just saying to Lamont. I was like, what's the point of God giving us free will? God gave us free will. If you got all of these rules and regulations about what people can and cannot do, God gave us free will. We have to suffer the consequences for that. But to have a church or a government or a body telling people, as long as you're not harming somebody else, what they can and cannot do, I find it, you know, antithetical to that whole free will thing. It's weird. You know, it's, it's a great point. You know, when you think about, for me, it's the things that what, what's, what's, what's not violent? What's not vital to somebody's humanity? Um, what's not harmful to children? What's not abusive physically to a, a woman? 
Um, I think those are kind of, kinds of things we have to focus on. And, and unfortunately, I think a lot of times in, in church, we're afraid to answer the hard questions because most of us haven't wrestled with our theology enough to know how does somebody go to see a Cardi B concert? Or how does, how does somebody, how does a guy take his wife to, to, to uh, you know, and, it's, and the other piece is we're not honest about our history. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about Cardi B, but let's go back to Miller Jackson. Let's go back to Betty Wright. You know what I mean? It's, it's, we've always had this sensual, sensuality and sensual nature of who we are. And at the end of the day, is it really violent? Is it really profane? You know, uh, you know when, you, when you go out with your significant other, you don't want to listen to James Cleveland or the mm-hmm. Mississippi Mass Choir. So that whole piece of your our sensuality, <laughs> our sexuality, we haven't really put our heads around that, what that looks like in terms of making it profane for young people. So we focus on so many things that I think have nothing to do uh, with what, what, what Christ focuses on. And I think we make these rules. And I think it's, it's really Western because now mm-hmm. we damn, and we condemn this whole sensual and the whole visual and the, and the sensory uh, parts of our humanity. So I just think we got to find a better way to reconcile those things. Have you ever gotten nauseous? Well, no, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was just, just, just slip that in there. A- I'm not a- doing she was gonna say while making music have while you ever making music. Does that making ever sweet music good save, Lamont. Good save. Yeah. <laughs> never. Okay. Never. all right tell, tell me about this uh god period is that like period t god you got period it. okay what inspired you know, you... it and and how did you come about the you know putting this album together well, I'm glad you asked. You know, I, music was my first love. My dad put a guitar in my hand when I was three. I started playing piano at five. Mm. When I was 15, I had a chance to sign with RCA Records, right, R&B. I was this R&B guy. My dad, who was a pastor, my mother, who was extra religious, no, you're not doing it. Mm. So I began, I started pastoring and went preaching at 17. And so how do I reconcile my love for music? And now I'm this preacher. I go to Morehouse. Now I'm a pastor at 19. So... When you you got to wear the black suit, you got to follow what you got to shake hands with the mothers of the church. You got to do whatever. But I always had this love for music, most of which was not spiritual. So I'm, you know, so I'm this heathen guy who's still listening to Luther Vandross or listening to, you know, rap or whatever. But I'm in the church in Georgia. So how do I reconcile who I am? But this love, this I mean, insatiable love for music and my mother later on wanted me to do music, you know, but she was gospel inspirational music. And she would always go ahead and live out your dreams. So she passed away a few years ago. And when the pandemic hit, that said, I started getting real sad. And the whole, I was triggered by all the losses that I just alluded to. And I went and got some therapy. And I thought, which I think is another point that sometimes the faith community, we don't talk about mental health. You mentioned it earlier. We think people are crazy. And my white counterparts, you know, they talk about going to therapy like we talk about drinking water. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we have this stigma on mental health. And I realized, and one day it was like the spirit came to me and said, man, you've been fixating over your mom's and your sister's absence and you're not appreciating my presence. You get, you're going to get through this because you're going to still believe in God. And so what I wanted to do with this project, so many losses, so much craziness of the government, this, the past dude who was in the White House, I want to call his name, just foolishness everywhere. I want to give people some hope. And so the, that's why the record, the album's called God, period. And um, released it last month, and it's been number one on the gospel album charts, you know, for the past month. So I'm, I'm grateful. But I want to just inspire people, man, to encourage them that 
you know, no matter what's happening, I think God can get us through. And I want people to be so disheveled and hurt by what they're facing that it makes them not believe in a higher power, in a higher power. So that's that was my thing. It got me through. It's getting me through. And I hope it gets somebody else through. And I'm still grieving. I'm not lying. Holidays still don't feel the same. They don't. Holidays don't feel the same. I miss my mom. I'm a, I'm a mama's boy. Born, born a mama's boy. When I die, I'll be a mama's boy. But I still believe that God is getting me through it. And I want others who are watching or listening right now, I want them to know that that thing can get them through as well. You know, so God, period. I'm so grateful that you uh, answered my call when I said, Pastor, would you come in today? Oh, it's a Friday. It's Black Friday. Um, Absolutely. I appreciate it. So I want to play um, a song from there because I want people to get that victory. And it's God, period, is the album. He is E. Dewey Smith. I want to say thank you for joining us. And please come back anytime. Please come thank back. You. Thank you. Thanks. You're your major encouragement. You've been an encouragement to the community. Oh, you bless love us. You. Love you. Love, love you. you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.